Duncan McLean is the Doctor of Movies. Doctor of Movies podcast episode 25. I'm Duncan McLean. It is a ridiculously huge year for blockbusters. We've had Furious 7, Avengers Age of Ultron with Jurassic World and Star Wars Episode 7 still to come. Yet it is entirely possible that Mad Max Fury Road will end up being 2015's best blockbuster. In the 30 years since Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, other franchises, chiefly the Fast and Furious, have laid claim to the car chase. But with Mad Max Fury Road, George Miller returns not only to show us Max is still king of the road, but that a singular creative vision can elevate the action film to the level of high art. My name is Max. My world is fire and blood. Mad Max 2, released in the US as The Road Warrior, is generally accepted as the high point of the original trilogy. And that is the film that Fury Road uses as its departure point. Fury Road effectively takes the final third of Mad Max 2, one of action cinema's great sequences, and makes a whole movie out of it. And it is incredible. Having been captured by the War Boys, the fundamentalist followers of Immortan Joe, Max finds himself caught up in a brazen escape plan as Immortan Joe's most celebrated and trusted driver, Imperator Furiosa, uses one of his war rigs to liberate his harem of wives, leaving the Citadel and making a break for the Green Place. How do you know this place even exists? I was born there. You've done this before? Many times. Now that I drive a war rig, this is the best shot I'll ever have. A simple narrative means minimal exposition, which makes Fury Road a refreshing contrast to many contemporary blockbusters which require a great deal of explaining and backstory. Fury Road is effectively one big two-hour chase, but Miller has managed to incorporate beats and breaks within it so you don't tire, you get a moment to catch your breath, and so we still learn about characters. He's described making the film as being like directing a silent movie with sound and music, with much of the narrative information and character development being delivered through action rather than dialogue. Fury Road has been in the pipeline for over a decade, Mel Gibson was to return to his iconic role, but the project was delayed and he became swept up in Passion of the Christ, and then other things made him no longer a safe name to hang a major blockbuster on. And so we have a new Max in Tom Hardy. Well, it must be said that he doesn't quite nail the Australian accent. He fills the leathers admirably. Hardy has a Brando-like quality to him combining a brutish masculinity with an emotional rawness and sensitivity. So while Max doesn't say much in this film, we get a real sense of his emotional progression as he goes from being motivated by nothing more than his own survival to finding a moral purpose in the quest to save these young women. Max Rokotansky has always been a drifter, a post-apocalyptic western hero who wanders in from the wilderness and ultimately returns to it. Rather than being the central figure, he is a character who constantly finds himself caught up in someone else's story. Here he plays second fiddle to the imposing Imperator Furiosa, and Fury Road becomes very much Charlize Theron's film. Furiosa is tough and determined and kicks some serious butt, 
but Theron succeeds in giving her an incredible emotional core. Undeniably feminine, but not restricted or defined by her gender, Furiosa will surely find her place in the pantheon of action heroines. You said a few vehicles in pursuit, maybe. We count three war parties. Yeah, well, I got unlucky. Unlike George Lucas when he returned to Star Wars after an extended layoff, George Miller has managed to perfectly tap back into that part of his imagination where Max resides and rediscover the unique magic of this series. With a budget said to be in the vicinity of 150 million US dollars, Fury Road is on an entirely different level to any of the previous films in the series. The original Mad Max had a humble budget of 400,000 Australian dollars. Yet despite this grander scale, the beating heart of an exploitation movie remains. Shooting in the Namibian desert rather than the Australian outback makes the film look even more post-apocalyptic. Its saturated colourscape of oranges, yellows and browns bringing a vibrancy that is atypical of cinematic dystopian representations. The amazing detail and imagination evident in the iconic punk production design and costumes is something to behold. Miller has also worked out how to use the advances in digital technology to enhance the film without compromising the vision. With a strong emphasis on practical effects, the film doesn't try and defy the laws of physics, and the result is a constant flow of jaw-dropping how-did-they-do-that moments. Coursing with adrenaline, the kinetic Mad Max Fury Road is a singular vision. While there are obviously important collaborators working here, none more so than production designer Colin Gibson and costume designer Jenny Beaven, this film is undoubtedly the product of one man's imagination. After seven years away from live-action filmmaking, George Miller's return is a bona fide action masterpiece. Five stars. Mad Max Fury Road is a village roadshow release and is rated MA15 plus for strong violence and post-apocalyptic themes. For Sydney listeners, join myself and Mark Humphreys for movie trivia at the Sydney Film Festival Hub downstairs at Sydney Town Hall on the 4th of June at 8.30pm. Should be lots of fun. As always, visit the website doctorofmovies.com for more reviews and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Doctor of Movies. <laughs>